whoa, 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 hang on a moment. Yes, you know what time it is. This is Jen, your host, and this podcast is all about taking agency and owning yourself. And every week on this show, I'm going to help you use your voice, stand in your power, and operate from a place of self. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Hang On A Moment. And this week, we are talking from a point of view of, yeah, hang on a moment. (laughs) Just hang on a moment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And this is in relation to a situation. Again, I record my podcast based on things that have come up in my space, whether it's connected with me or a client or a personal acquaintance. And this week's podcast is around what happens when you are feeling that you are not being recognized for the things that you bring to the table. So the qualities and the experience and the skills and therefore, you know, I guess overall your self-worth. Because if you're in a situation where you feel that your worth is being recognized, then that will cause stress and emotional dysregulation, which obviously will lead to ill health as well. Because as you know, my podcast is all around having agency and owning yourself, which is all around taking control of your own life and making sure your life goes where it needs to go. And also having confidence and being assertive and knowing what your boundaries are and feeling able to step up and challenge um, when a situation doesn't fit with what you feel you need. And so I wanted to talk about that today because it's a very interesting subject because when people talk about a lack of confidence or low self-esteem, sometimes people make an assumption that it means that they're not comfortable in their own skin in the sense that they don't know what value they bring. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. So what I'm going to do is talk about the fact that when people know what their value is, but other people either don't recognise it or do recognise it, but aren't letting that person step up to the mark. And you know, I can vouch for this. It's happened to me um, in my last professional role. And um, the role that I was in, I wasn't operating at the bandwidth of the job description or the job title. And of course, that was um, soul destroying because I was obviously able to do it, hence why I got hired. Um, But it wasn't fulfilling me and it wasn't playing to my strengths. And as I've mentioned before, my um, coaching and consulting business around the areas of well-being and self-growth is called Vital Vibe. And I focus on balance, brilliance and resilience. And brilliance is the bit that we're going to talk about today because we can be really good at what we do, but it can't, it could not be recognized by someone. And that could be because A, they don't really know you, so they don't know what your background is. Um, B, they know what you do, but they don't really care for it. Um, or, or see you're in a situation where it's kind of irrelevant because um, either they're doing a broad brush approach with something like a role or a course and it's being offered to multiple people. So they're, you know, they're going um, in, in kind of one um, style as opposed to, you know, obviously trying to tailor a course that fits everybody, which is impossible. 
Um, but you might end up doing something that isn't geared towards you. And of course, that can make you feel feel worse. So I think, you know, it's really important to recognize that when people have a confidence and self-esteem issue, it isn't always because they're not they're not able it's because they're not recognized for being able when they are absolutely able. And I see this a lot in the workplace. And, you know, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk mostly about the human needs, which obviously ties into how we feel in friendships, relationships, the workplace, family, our own life. Everything is about, you know, I guess that self-actualization. And I'll refer back to some of my other podcasts that I've talked about, which you can, you know, find through my um, episode list if you want to listen to them. But you know, ultimately, we need to feel fulfilled as individuals. And we need that in all areas in life. And if we're not feeling fulfilled, then obviously, that's going to cause us dysregulation, because we're not going to feel happy, we're not going to feel worthy. And, you know, I would say, from a self esteem perspective, that is, you know, that is the crux, you know, people feel that they're not good enough because of situations that have happened to them. And then they become this you know, self-fulfilling prophecy because they've lost their confidence. And what you really need in those situations is to get back on track and to rebuild your confidence, not to make yourself feel worse because, you know, you just do more of the same and you're just going to dysregulate your confidence. You're going to dysregulate your brilliance. And obviously in turn, that's going to dysregulate your mental health and then your physical health. And obviously that's not what we want. And, you know, all of that dysregulates your life. And this podcast, Hang On A Moment, is all around, you know, being in charge of your own life and making sure that it happens by you and for you and not to you as much as possible. So one of the things I wanted to mention was I did an an episode on um, quiet quitting a while back. And, you know, quiet quitting is what people tend to do in this day and age. You know, it's 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 a common... Um, you know, phenomena of the times that, you know, people, you know, slide out of a job or slide out of a relationship with offici- without officially saying I'm, I'm done here until they find their next partner or until they find their next job. And, you know, quiet quitting, what I've said, isn't great. It's not great, obviously, for the person on the receiving end, but even for you as the quiet quitter, it's not great because actually you're still in a place of negative vibrations because you're, you know, like attracts like. And if you're feeling like you're not good enough and just hanging around somewhere until you find something better, you're 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 kind of maybe, you know, ruining those kind of vibrations for yourself as well. And also, you know, it's not fair in the other person or the employer because you really are just coasting and not giving them what they need. And, you know, ultimately, it's really not a good position to be in. So, you know, I don't advocate quiet quitting at all. I really don't advocate quiet quitting. I feel that you should be bold enough and strong enough and confident enough to go ahead and make a comment and a statement and a decision about where you want to be. And we'll get to that at the end. But, When something isn't fulfilling you or stretching you, it's going to create apathy. It's going to create disengagement. It's going to create low self-esteem and low worth and you'll feel of low value. That's then going to create low mood. And all of that will stop you from having those feel-good hormones that obviously add to our improved mood. So, you know, dopamine, endorphins, serotonin, they're all your feel-good hormones, even things like oxytoxin. So if you're in a relationship with somebody and, you know, the love has gone and you're not having any kind of intimate moments or cuddling or holding hands, you know, you're you're losing out on a, on a key attachment hormone. 
And that obviously makes you feel good. So if you don't have it, that's going to make you feel not so good. So when you think about all of those things, if you're not feeling fulfilled or stretched and it was interesting, this topic today, because it actually, um, there was, um, I was on a course and um, something came up where we were talking about the comfort zone, the stretch zone and the panic zone, which I've referred to a few times on these podcasts. And I was kind of thinking, you know, actually, when you're in a situation where you're not even in your comfort zone, you're actually behind your comfort zone. So it's not even comfortable. It's uncomfortable, but it's not because you're being stretched. It's because you're being shrunk. So it's almost like there's this shrink zone. There's your comfort zone. There's your stretch stretch zone, which is the place you want to go. And then there's the panic zone. That's where you don't really want to go to. Um, so it's almost like you've got two outer zones that you don't want to go to. And that's the shrink and the panic. But you, you don't really want to stay in your comfort zone. The ideal is your stretch zone. But I think sometimes people forget about the fact that there's this shrink zone. And actually, if somebody is in a scenario like a job, a relationship or a training course or anything that isn't giving them the bandwidth that they have or recognizing their skills or making them feel inadequate or whether that's intended or not, it's the, you know, perception is reality, then actually that's going to put somebody in this shrink zone. It's going to make them feel smaller than what they already are. And that is not good. It's not good for the person who is the, you know, the employer, the partner, the training course deliverer. Um, it's, it's not good for the person who is in that situation. So, you know, it's really how do we avoid this for everybody? And, you know, of course, you know, in the workplace, for example, you know, or if you're a parent, you know, you're always thinking about how can you do more to like encourage your children, encourage your employees to, you know, get out of their comfort zone and do more. And that is great. But, you know, sometimes there are people, you know, who aren't that skilled, either managers, business owners, um, parents, friends, partners, who really do keep people boxed in. And again, it's possibly not with intention. Maybe it could be, you know, in certain scenarios, toxic environments, toxic relationships. But in the most part, people probably don't realise they're doing it. And, you know, again, it's so it's about as much as being understanding of how that how you deal with this when it happens to you. It's like actually trying to always recognise that our behaviours and our actions towards other people actually can create turbulence for that person. So always think about how you're making that other person feel. And I just wanted to, you know, touch on this um, situation because, as you know, I always prepare course notes and I write down my topic and I write my notes down before I record these so that I'm working from um, a structure as such. And I wanted to talk about this, you know, we talk about a lot of... um, in the work environment or from a health perspective, from a stress perspective and from a kind of an overwhelm perspective, we talk about burnout. And burnout is when people are like going 10 to the dozen and maybe they're overstretched in their role their role or they're overstretched in their life. So they might have too much on. They might be, you know, a working parent um, who doesn't maybe have, you know, a working single parent um, or, you know, somebody who is working a very, you know, senior role, long hours um, and also trying to perhaps do some study on top of that. So 
and you know again it's about the support mechanisms that are in place so you know if you're doing these things but you've got great support from your employer from your partner from your general lifestyle or you're well looked after from yourself so your resilience levels are high because you eat well you sleep well etc etc then you know you're going to be able to withstand these kind of like testing times because your resilience is going to be there But it's really interesting because as well as burnout, which is obviously potentially caused by long hours and not having the bandwidth and too much burden on your shoulders, the kind of the opposite of that is bore out. (laughs) And um, it's an interesting one. And um, I'll be honest with you, I've not really heard about it much, but it kind of obviously ties in with quiet quitting because I guess a lot of people quiet quit from things like bore out or burnout or toxic scenarios. But bore out is a bit really where people aren't given the bandwidth. And so this might happen in scenarios where you've gone into a role, a bit like what happened with me, and you've been given a job title, a job description, but you're not able to work to that level for whatever reason. Or you have been in an environment where where there is much repetition and maybe you don't have any autonomy or you don't have any accountability and you're not empowered and you're just basically being told to perhaps, you know, read off a script or everything's the same and it's over and over and over and over again. And, you know, obviously this disengages you completely because it's not fulfilling you. It's not giving you stretch you know, it's putting you in your shrink zone, as I said, which, you know, I'm I'm making this shrink zone up. I really believe that there should be this additional place because it's definitely a place where we can go to as human beings when we're not even in our comfort zone, you know, we're less than what's comfortable to us. And, um, there's some statistics to back this up, nothing sort of um, major, but, you know, a couple of studies that were done. One one was in 2014 and it was basically based in Finland and it was done over just under 100 organisations of about 11,000 workers. And it basically showed that of those workers, the people who felt that they weren't empowered or that they weren't stretched in their role or that they weren't maybe even in their comfort zone, they were, they were in their shrink zone, they were really... Um, you know, susceptible to, you know, leaving their jobs, thinking about even leaving work altogether um, in terms of like retirement or just getting out of the rat race and also poor health and higher stress. And that came from people not being fulfilled, not from people being burnt out because they were bore out. So bore out is, as I said, when people aren't necessarily given too much or more than they're given too little and less than. And so obviously it makes you feel that you're not worthy and, you know, you start questioning your value. And of course, that's really awful for us human beings. We need to have value. We need to have purpose. And there was another study in Turkey, um, 2021. So this is a more recent one. And this was about government workers. And this was just under 200 people. And um, what that study showed was that those people who felt that they had bore out had high levels of depression, stress, anxiety. Well, that, that stands to reason because, you know, serotonin is the, you know, if you are actually given antidepressants, you know, they, they help you with that chemical, with that hormone, because ultimately, you know, that's what you're not getting enough of because you're not feeling stretched enough and your depression is a lack of serotonin. And obviously there's other things that can cause that as well. But ultimately, you know, you know, stress, anxiety and depression can come from not being fulfilled and not feeling like you have value or worth. So if you remember, I also did a episode on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And what I talked about here was these motivations in life, which are the deficiency needs and the growth needs. And 
The four, the first four of Maslow's hierarchy of needs are deficiency needs and basically they're or D needs. And basically what that means is we feel like we're lacking in those. So if we're lacking in those, we won't be motivated. And so the top one of those four is esteem. So that's a deficiency need. So it's not, it's known as something that if we don't have it, it makes us feel less than and it does make us feel uncomfortable and it makes us feel like we're not getting our needs met. So esteem is all around achievement, recognition, value, prestige, competence, mastery. So again, if we're in an environment, whether it's our own business, whether it's work, whether we're in a relationship and perhaps somebody isn't giving us the bandwidth to do what we do well, maybe, you know, again, I'm being very stereotypical here, but maybe, you know, um, as a woman, you know, you love decorating, but the man just won't let you do it. Or vice versa, as a woman, you love cooking and you won't let the man in the kitchen. You know, again, that's just a little bit of 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 a joke, but you know, that that could play on someone's deficiency needs because if they love cooking can't get in the kitchen if they like decorating can't get on the you know can't get involved then it's kind of suppressing somebody's you know personal brilliance which is obviously what what I'm talking about so it's about understanding you know how that deficiency need esteem is so important when you are feeling undervalued and you know um yeah, underwhelmed, I guess, rather than overwhelmed. Like, you know, what is the meaning of life if everything feels like you're not getting any kind of challenge? Because, you know, challenge, you stress is good stress. Yeah, distress is bad stress. So it's like we do need stress in life. Stress is part of life. You know, stress, stress. I'm actually releasing a um, a, a blog post this week and an article on, on LinkedIn around the cortisol cost because, you know, stress, too much stress and too much cortisol can obviously dysregulate our health, dysregulate our mental health, dysregulate our life as well. And, um, but you know, you stress is good stress and we are built to have levels of stress in our system. And so if we don't get that, that's going to, you know, bring in apathy. We're going to feel totally undervalued, totally underchallenged, you know, and that's what we need as human beings. We need that. And so one of the other Maslow hierarchy of needs is, is as well as the deficiency needs is the growth needs. And so the top one on the original pyramid is self-actualization. And this is about feeling fulfilled, um, you know, reaching the meaning in life for you, the transcendence, you know, being at the top of your game. And again, you know, if you feel like you are here, but you go into an environment where you're not able to demonstrate that or you're being treated as though you're not there, that's going to make you feel uncomfortable because it's going to, you know, it's going to, you're going to, battle with your own self-esteem because you're going to feel like, well, I'm not being recognized for all the things that I've done. And so therefore, you know, that can be quite difficult. So, um, you know, that is really, really important to recognize. And, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, as far as I'm concerned, tie into all areas of life. But there's also, um, you know, in the workplace, as I've already mentioned, you know, this is very much around work as well, because work is a big part of our life, whether it's our own employment, self-employment, or whether it's, you know, employment for somebody else, you know, actually working, um, creates meaning and purpose you know even if that's volunteer work or even if we're you know a philanthropist and we're just giving our money to you know we've got excess money and we're just giving it to help causes you know it gives us meaning to see where we're contributing basically um in the workplace, there's another um, theory called um, hygiene and motivation factors. And this is also a really important thing to note when you're talking about esteem and things like burnout versus bore out and, you know, being recognized for your um, abilities rather than, you know, 
being under recognized and and therefore you know resulting in in disengagement so hygiene factor in the workplace is things like your pay your environment your benefits um sort of typically your standard terms and conditions like the holidays that you get etc and of course that's the hygiene factor so what what we mean by that is it's 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 really kind of you know what kind of the sort of the the, the standard um you know requirement the standard terms and conditions and the other one is the motivation factors now the motivation is the work itself the growth the challenge and the learning and as you know I've worked in HR for 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 multiple decades and it's very interesting because when you talk to people about why they are leaving a job there are probably again these are my statistics these aren't any statistics I'm pulling from a a support but I would imagine it's probably like higher that people leave their boss in fact I'm sure it is higher that people leave their boss people leave their job because it's not giving them a challenge people leave their company because they don't agree with the values or the way that the leadership or the way that the business is going okay people leave their job because they're not happy with their pay but nine times out of ten that isn't the push or the pull factor or it might be the pull factor. So for example, let's say you get headhunted and somebody comes to you and says, I've got the exactly same job, but I'm going to give you a 10 grand pay rise. This is the company. And there's some really exciting things. Obviously that might pull you out of an organization. But if you're a passive candidate, so you're not looking in the marketplace and you're quite happy in the workplace with your package, your pay and your package, but all of a sudden your job title gets changed or your job description gets changed or you lose some of your direct reports or you're given more direct reports, that that might be the bit that makes you feel like, oh no, this is not working for me and now I need to start looking for something else. And that's the motivation because ultimately you're not feeling motivated anymore. Something has changed that scenario for you. So the hygiene and motivation factors are really important. And that's why people quite quit. And that's why people actually do quit. And, you know, as I said, if you're going to do it, just properly quit, because it's better to serve yourself in that way rather than quiet quit. Um, But, you know, ultimately, um, we need motivation. So pay is not everything, you know, and there's statistics out there as well that, you know, say, you know, like over a hundred thousand pounds, people don't become any happier. You know, like if you earned more or had more, like a hundred thousand pounds is almost like that kind of point where it becomes irrelevant then. Because again, that, that figure might have changed a little bit over the last five or so years, but I know about five or six years ago, they were talking around that figure obviously if you're on the poverty line and you earn less money then of course that can change your whole quality of life so then obviously because you know from a hygiene perspective in terms of cost of living you can't live in an environment that supports your needs um but you know ultimately what people want when they go to work or when they have their own business is that combination of hygiene and motivation factors so they want the right pay they want the right environment they want the right benefits so that they can live a nice life but they want to grow they want the challenge they want to learn and if they're not getting that then people will not be happy and it needs to be both and of course there are some people who say and will say do say I don't care about being fulfilled 
It's just the money. And so, you know, I'll use a good example here. Sales is a good example. But in a way, even though people aren't that bothered maybe about the work itself because they want the money, they're still getting motivated. Their motivation is the challenge of earning that money. So the challenge for them is the reward. And so the reward is something outside of the hygiene because even though it's linked to their pay, it's still giving them an opportunity to have a challenge and to see some growth and obviously, you know, perhaps move up the league table as the top salesperson in that company. Um, you know, it's prestigious, it's self-actualization and esteem for them as well. So, you know, people have different motivators, but ultimately people still want motivation to be their motivator. Um, and another thing as well is about, you know, psychologically safe workplaces. So I talk quite a lot about this with organizations, but it's so important for employees as well, because psychologically safe means you are able to speak about, you know, what feels good you know, good for you, basically employee voice. So you are able to speak out, you are able to be empowered, there is trust, there is respect, you feel safe in an environment where you can perhaps challenge the status quo, or you could perhaps, you know, call somebody out if they were showing the wrong kind of behaviours or values, not just by the company standards, but just general Um, you know, human standards. And you know, that's what it means by being psychologically safe. But what happens in this psychological safety is that people want to have high accountability and they want to be um, high psychologically psychologically safe as well. And that puts people in what they call the achievement zone. So when people feel that they can speak out, they can share their views, they're trusted, they're respected, but they also have ownership and they're empowered to do the work that they do or that they've been brought in to do, which of course, let's face it, that's what we all want. That creates a really strong psychologically safe environment for your employees. And, you know, in this day and age, that's so important for everybody. But what if you're the opposite of that as an organization. So, you know, it's low levels of accountability. So people are dictated to rather than empowered and low levels of psychologically safe, psychological safety. So people can't speak out. There is no trust. People don't feel respected. It's quite toxic. That's the apathy zone. And when people are in the apathy zone, as an organization, that's when you've got a massive problem on your hands. And again, it might not be the organization as a whole, it could be the pocket, it could be a particular manager or a leader that's creating a scenario that's, you know, leading to this um, apathy zone. And, you know, obviously, that's a high cost to a business, it's a high cost to the employees, because obviously, when somebody's apathetic, it's going to damage their mental health, it's also going to damage their performance, which to a business obviously means that you're losing out on productive workforces, you're also losing out on highly engaged staff, that can have an impact on your brand as well. Because obviously, if people aren't happy working there, the word gets out before you know it, that could be, you know, brand risk as well. So there's so many issues for an organisation if they do not create this achievement zone for their employees. And that's basically where employees feel trusted respected and they can grow. So it ties in with everything we've said around the um, hygiene and motivation factors and the Maslow's hierarchy of needs and moving away from burnout and bore out. So talked about work, but also in love life, it's very similar. You know, so in our love life, we have what's called an attachment type. And, you know, 
there are avoidant attachments, which means they find it very difficult to get close or if things get too close, they'll run away. There's anxious, which struggle without close proximity. And so therefore, you know, there'll be some separation anxiety. Um, there's, you know, worry. Um, there's concern about the relationship. And then there's secure, which basically means you're comfortable in your own skin and, you know, with your partner, if your partner's also secure, you know, you, you, you know, you've got a mutual agreement, you know, there's trust and respect. So it's a bit like in a secure relationship, you're in like this um, achievement zone in the workplace. Whereas in some of those other areas, like the avoidment and anxious attachment types, it's going to create some stress and tension, you know, and, you know, you're going to feel maybe that you're unfulfilled in your relationship. But also what you need in your love life as well is desire. You know, so you need to feel desired by somebody. If you're not feeling desired, that's going to really knock your confidence. You're really going to feel like disengaged. You're not going to have great self-worth. You know, it's going to damage your feel-good hormones. So it's so important that you recognize, again, going back to the quiet quitting, because I talked about that from a relationship perspective and a workplace perspective, that actually, you know, when we do feel unhappy in a relationship, we do have to address it because it has such an impact on our confidence and our um, self-esteem. But also, you know, in your relationship with somebody else, again, you know, with your love life, but ideally also perhaps with your friends, you know, you want shared values and vision. But, you know, let's talk about your partner. If you're in a relationship with a partner and you have very, very different um opinions and you have very different um, values in terms of what's important to you and you don't have the same vision for life, that's going to stress you out. Again, you're going to go back into that shrink zone. You're not going to feel stretched. You're not going to, you're either going to feel shrunk or panicked because you're going to be in a place that doesn't feel good for you. So again, it's about in the workplace, in a relationship, really leaning into that you know, that stretch zone, you know, a nice challenge, something that's going to make you grow. You know, there's a lovely, there's loads of lovely sayings out there about, you know, the best relationships is where two people come together to make two individual people the best version of themselves. And I absolutely love that because it is so true. And, you know, going back to the attachment type, you know, again, the secure attachment type allows people to be their own person. Um, but ultimately we do have an attachment type that's, that's, that's created from childhood. And, you know, ultimately there is potential work that might need to be done to change that. Um, and, you know, that would come through, you know, therapy and, um, and support, but it's a very interesting one to understand. And also, you know, if you're a certain, um, attachment style, you might be attracting the other one. And therefore, you know, you're constantly going to be getting in scenarios where there's a gap and that's going to make you have low self-esteem. And um, it's almost, again, that self-fulfilling prophecy. So you need to recognize, you know, what's what's holding you back. As I always say, how can you move forward in life if you don't know what's holding you back? So, you know, in, in the end, really, if we're not getting what we need in life, whether it's in work, our relationships, whether it's, you know, just general fulfillment with our hobbies, if we haven't got the money to fund what we want, you know, if we're just, you know, not getting our needs met, then we will become depressed, anxious, and then that will potentially lead to self-soothing, which will be a whole host of negative um, connotations from a health and well-being perspective, which obviously we don't want to do. But, you know, we disengage. When we go into that state, we disengage. We disengage with our job, 
we disengage with our employees, we disengage with our partner, we disengage with our friends, we disengage with life and we just become very apathetic. Um, you know, we just, we lack enjoyment. And so, you know, what that means is we don't enjoy the joy has gone from our lives. And so therefore, you know, we're not leaning into our brilliance and that's what we need to be doing. You know, So really what we need to do, you know, just a little little plan here of action you know when you find yourself in these scenarios you know because I think a lot of people do and they don't know what they don't know how to get out of it and so you know they they might um procrastinate on it um they might ruminate on it they they you know may just become depressed um it can then have an impact on your work it can have an impact on your relationship you might get very closed um you know it's it's really not a nice place to be so the, the first thing that really you need to do in this is recognize that your needs aren't being met. So as soon as you start feeling like you're not getting the stretch that you need in life, just recognize that because you can't do something about something that you're not aware of. So as I said, if you, how can you move forward if you don't know what's holding you back? So recognize what it is and label it because then you know what it is and you can work from there. The next thing I would suggest you do at that point is really just have a think about what your options are. You know, can you speak to the other party if it's your partner, if it's your employer, if it's your friend, if it's somebody in your family? Or is that going to be difficult for whatever reason? Maybe it's a toxic relationship or, you know, maybe you're not comfortable to do that because your confidence is so farly gone. Um, for whatever reason, you know, you 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 can't do that you need to look at your options. And, you know, most often in these cases, you're going to have, I, I I always refer to this statement is, if you don't like it, change it. And if you can't change it, change the way you think about it. And they are really your only options. So you can either change the way you think about it, which might be very, 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 very difficult, or change the situation. And if you change the situation, you may find that, yeah, you might go two steps backwards to go, you know, one step backwards to go two steps forward, but you've made that change. And that's basically within your power. And this goes back to having agency and owning yourself. As I said before, you know, try not to quiet quit because when you're in an environment where you feel like, you know, it's the end, but you haven't communicated that to the other party um, in terms of a relationship, um, you know, contractually like work relationship or, of you know, a, a, a romantic relationship or even with a friend, that's not great because the other person doesn't know where they stand. And also you are in a low vibrational state and you don't want to be there. So try not to quiet quit because that will steal your soul and it's not a good place to be. But what I would recommend you do, and you could maybe perhaps do this as your second step or even your first step, if you're not sure about where your needs aren't being met or, you know, what your options are, is make a vision board. You know, even if you don't want to do it with pictures you might want to do it with words like write down what do you want from your life you know you might want to list like 20 things that you that you think would make your life happier 20 things that you think would stop you feeling the way you feel now just journal these things down and all of a sudden you know you start to see a little bit of a picture emerging and then you might say right now I can do a vision board um or you might want to do a board that's not a vision board you might want to do the opposite you might want to do like a burning board and what that means is you take everything that you hate about your life or everything that's making you unhappy and you take pictures and you put them on a board and then you bin it you burn it you rip it up you throw it away you say no enough is enough you know it's a symbolism so it's the opposite of having a vision board it's actually you know getting rid of what's holding you back 
And then once you've established all of these things, you then need to set yourself some goals. And so if you remember, I did a podcast on choose your hard or easy. And this is about either setting micro goals or massive goals. It's wherever you feel comfortable, whatever you feel you need to do to move yourself out of that situation. Do you need to go fast or do you need to go slow? But you need to create some goals and, you know, do what's going to work for you so that you can get yourself out of this situation. Because let's say it's to do with the workplace. Let's say it's to do with your financial situation. Let's say it's to do with a relationship. No one, nobody is going to change your life for you. Only you can do it. You are in control. And the sooner you realize that, the more chances you have of reclaiming your life and getting yourself back on track. And so then, next step, take action, avoid inertia. Because, you know, you can get into these situations and procrastinate and all of a sudden, you know, you do nothing and you just sit there and a year's gone by or even, you know, six months, then a year, then two years and you're still in the same situation, you know? And actually, I have to remind you of this, but it's very logical. It makes lots of sense. We have 24 hours every day. When those 24 hours have gone, We never get those 24 hours back and we only live to a certain age and we don't even know what that age is going to be. That's how precious life is. So if you sit and if you do nothing and if inertia creeps, then basically you are going to be in this state before you know it where you have wasted precious time. And that is not what I want for anybody because, you know, this is all about living your best life. So do not do that. And if, if, if push comes to shove, which it probably will do in these scenarios, a hundred percent, because sometimes when you're going through these big scenarios, it's difficult to do it on your own. Then you need to find somebody. And as I've said before, at the very beginning on one of the very first podcasts is even if it's not a coach or a therapist or, you know, a mentor It could just be a friend. It can just be somebody who is a bit like a cheerleader, somebody who has got your back. But what you need is somebody who sees you and who is going to be by your side as you go through these challenges and make this change happen. So I hope that this has been um, an interesting one. It's a little bit of a take, as I said, on this whole thing about low self-esteem and lack of confidence, because we're not always in that position because we're not good enough. We're in that position because other people don't see our value or other people don't recognize our value. And the only person that can, you know, call that out in a way is ourselves by taking action to, you know, not go to places where we feel like we have to play small, like be in our light, be in our brilliance, stand in our power, you know, and let the world know what we are here for and what we bring to the table Because that is when you can have agency and own your life. So I hope this has helped. As always, if you like this podcast, please leave some feedback, download it and share to anyone you think that this would help. Please do connect with me on social media. Um, Always DM me if you have a topic that you would like me to talk about. And of course, if you're interested in coaching with me, then of course, you know, I do video coaching. And I also work with consult. Cons- I also work with corporate organisations as well as a consultant. So please do get in touch. And also, last but not least, make sure you subscribe so you get notified to every 
podcast release that comes out every Thursday. So on that note, I'm going to love you and leave you. And I really, really hope that from this episode, you recognize your value and you can see where there might be things in your life at the moment that are holding you back. You can go away from this podcast and take action. All right. Take care and I will speak to you next week. Lots of love.